All right, and we are live. Good morning. It's Michael Weaver and Jonathan Washburn from Indianapolis, Indiana, and Cleveland, Ohio. Today uh, we have got some awesome things to talk about. I'm super excited. John uh, had a little retreat last week, and he's super pumped to share with us some of the uh, exciting things that he's looking to implement and uh, some things that maybe he's already implementing but doing uh, maybe a different way. So, John, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what what kind of things you learned last week? Yeah, no, I think this is a this is a great day to talk about it since uh, since you and I are, are so busy today. Uh, for all of our listeners, if the quality if the audio quality seems a little bit worse than normal, that is because both Michael and I are doing a lot of things today. Michael is on the road to an appointment right now. Um, I've, I've got some things I'm doing as well, um, and I think that's a great sort of transition into the conference that I went to last week and some of the things that I learned. So yeah, I went down to Florida for a conference called Mortgage Marketing Animals. And it is uh, headed up by a guy who is kind of a legend in the loan officer world. His name is Carl White. And he makes crazy money while only working four days a week every other week. And of course, this is something that we, um, I think we can all aspire to, even if it may not be possible. Um, he has kind of a cool program, kind of a cool setup. Um, and a lot of like the ideas and theories behind what he's doing, I thought were super fascinating. So I wanted to, uh, I wanted to share some of those with you guys today. That sounds awesome, John. Now, I'm going to just say, not to bring it down, but it does sound a little bit hard to believe that somebody can make tons of money and only work four days every other week, only on Saturdays or Sundays, or maybe a Tuesday here and there. <laughs> and so initially my thought is, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So let's see if we can get through this and see if there's uh, some takeaways. My, my estimate is... He um, has put a lot of work in the for, you know, foregoing of this and, and has put a lot of hours in um, at the beginning of his career. And now it's, it's more of uh, just his, his mindset of enjoying life more so than chasing after a dollar. But it just so happens because he had so much effort and work at the beginning, his trajectory is... Um, you know, still spending from that. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think your instincts are, are, are spot on. Obviously he did, uh, he hasn't been working for four days a week, every other week for the entirety of his loan officer life. Um, but he has built sort of a system that now enables him to do that, you know, to work eight days a month, um, which is, which is pretty cool. And so I kind of want to talk about some of the big picture ideas, I, I can't get necessarily too specific because, you know, this is his information and it is, you know, proprietary um, to a certain extent. So I, I'm not trying to be like, hey, there's this awesome uh, there's this awesome program that I can't tell you about. But if you want to pay him some money to go, you can learn. I'm, not, I'm really not doing that. Um, he's got a He's got a podcast called Loan Officer Freedom, where he talks about a lot of these big picture ideas. And then his conference yeah. is where you go to kind of um, actually plan those out on a granular, granular level. But there's three things that he does that um, 
uh, like three big picture ideas that he has that are not, you know, they're not secret. You know, he does these on his podcasts, on his YouTube videos. He, he lets you know of these. And I wanted to talk about them because I think they're good for other loan officers that might be listening. I think they're good for real estate agents that might be listening. I think they're good. Um, anyone that is in a sales position, um, I think a lot of these concepts are pretty good. Okay. Awesome. So the first, uh, the first concept that I wanted to to um, drill down on is his idea of the triad of awesomeness. And if that doesn't sound like some sort of like uh, sketchy pyramid scheme, I don't know what does. <laughs> but um, right. let, uh, let me let me explain it. Let me let me explain it a little bit, you know, clearer. And, and you'll say, okay, that's a catchy that's a catchy phrase, and it actually does make sense. So um, the triad of uh, of awesomeness is this. Think of like a Venn diagram with three circles, okay? Three circles yep. in the Venn diagram. In one circle, you have things that you like to do, all right? So, okay. and this is specifically related to your job. So there are things that you as a realtor, I'm sure, like to do. And there are other things that you as a realtor dislike doing, right? But you got to sure. do them because you're a realtor, okay? So, um, one circle on this Venn diagram is things you like to do. A second circle is things that you are good at, right? So, um, there's a lot of things as the, as a realtor or as a loan officer that you might be good at. And there are other things that you are going to be weaker at. And then there's a third circle, things that make you money. All right. So we have things that you like to do, things that you are good at and things that make you money. And like all Venn diagrams, these circles will intersect with each other and there will be a small triangle right in the middle. And this will be your triad of awesomeness. This is the, the few activities that you do as a realtor, as a loan officer, as a salesman that you like doing, you're good at doing and makes you money, right? I like and a, a general big picture of your business would be this. How can you make sure that you spend as much time as possible in your triad of awesomeness? There are obviously things that you're going to have to do in your job that you don't like. There are obviously things that you are going to have to do at your life, at your job, that you're not good at. And there are things, unfortunately, that you're going to have to do at your job that will not make you money right? But take a really hard look at um, all of your job responsibilities. And one of the things that we did at this conference was like, we actually sat down for an hour and we listed out everything that we do at our job, right? And then you need to look at it and think to yourself, okay, which of these things fit into my triad of awesomeness? In which things don't, and I'll and you know when, when you start thinking about this, you start realizing just how much time you spend on things that aren't all three of those, and sometimes they aren't like they may not even be any of those, right? As an example, thinking about myself, okay, um, I was a history major in college. I wrote for the Indiana Pacers on the internet for like ten years. You know, I I uh, I actually 
went to Miami for the playoffs one year and asked LeBron James a question on ESPN, right? Big basketball fan. Um, I love writing. Okay. That's something that I, like, I genuinely love to do. It's, this is unusual, right? But I, I wrote papers in college. I wrote on the internet. I like to write. I love to read. I love to write. Okay. And um, I really like sending emails. That's a weird thing, right? But I really like sending emails. I love crafting an email with just the right amount of exclamation points, right? Um, <laughs> with, with good grammar throughout. You know, I like to impress the other person like, oh, wow, this person is, uh, this person is, you know, very well spoken and uses lots of great grammar and punctuation, right? Um, so I like writing emails. And this takes up if I'm not careful, this can take up a huge amount of time of my day. You know, I'll receive anywhere from three to 500 emails every single day. I will respond to many of them. I like writing emails. The thing about them is, and I feel like I'm actually pretty good at writing emails. The thing about them is that's a lot of time that is taken up in my day. And it's really not something when I had to be honest with myself, that's bringing me a lot of money. It's not typically gaining me a lot of money. You know, they've, you know, they've done studies on this. Like, what's the most effective form of communication with people? Face-to-face -face is by far number one. And then below that is Zoom or, um, you know, a phone call, right? And then way at the bottom, like number a million with a bullet next to it is emails, <laughs> right. And there's so many times where I'm like, ah, I don't want to call this person on the phone. I don't want to meet them in person to talk this over. Let me just send an email because I like sending email and I'm good at it. But you know what? That's not doing. It's really not the best way for me to grow my business. Right. Compared to, you know, every time, not every time, but often when I meet somebody in person, right. When I have a good conversation with someone, when I get to know them, I will far more often wind up leaving that conversation, that face-to-face -face conversation with more business, right? And so I need to zoom out and take a big picture, like bird's eye view of my business and find out, okay, what can I do to spend more time in that triad of awesomeness? Because I like meeting with people too. It's just harder than you know sending a quick email. But what can I do to spend more time in this area of things that actually I like, I'm good at, and they bring me money, right? And there's a lot of things about your job that you might like and that you might be good at that just don't bring you that much money. And it might be okay to do those things, especially if you have like a, a passion for, for that type of thing, right? Definitely would not ever tell anybody that you should only ever do things in life that make you money. Um. But if you're thinking about your business from like a growth perspective and you have 40 hours in a week, LOL, like it wouldn't that be nice if we were only working 40 hours a week in real estate, right? Let's say you have <laughs> a week um, and you just, you just write it out sometime and you realize that you spent like 48 hours last week doing things that aren't really bringing you money. That's a shock, right? And so the idea here is... Um, if you're doing things, if you're doing a lot of things that you either don't like, you're not good at, or don't make you money, or all three, we got to figure something out. Number one, can we cut that stuff out, right? There's a lot of things, if we're brutally honest with ourselves, we can cut it from our daily schedule. 
it, we, we, we're, we get distracted by things, right? Um, and if you can, you need to, right? Cut that out. Um, but other times you can't, like sometimes, like I got to send emails. I'll just do, I get three to 500 a day. I'm going to have to have someone send emails for me, right? But are there things on this list that I can get rid of, or maybe that I can, I can pay somebody else to do for me so that I can spend more time in my triad of awesomeness. Um, Kevin O'Leary was once asked, Kevin O'Leary is Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. If, if, uh, if people don't know who, who he is, if you don't know what Shark sure. Tank is, I highly recommend watching it. It's the best show on TV. It's been the best show on TV for a decade. It is something that I, I it's, it's one of my favorite things, right? Um, <laughs> and Kevin O'Leary, he, he calls himself Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank. And he's the guy that, that often tells people that their ideas are terrible and that someone's going to squash them like the bug that they are, right? Well, somebody asked him like, hey, how do you, how do you build a business? And he said, well, you have a job in sales. You figure out what is making you the money in sales and you do that, right? Then you start looking at your job and you try to find out what is not making you money. And Kevin O'Leary's advice is, okay, hire somebody to do those things. And then with your newfound free time, right? If I found something, if I found 10 hours a week of my life that were not making me money, but I can have hire somebody else to do that, I just made myself 10 extra hours. And so with that 10 extra hours, I make more sales. And then now that I'm making more sales than before, try to find something else that's not making me money, hire somebody to do that, wash, rinse, repeat. And that's kind of like the whole idea of this conference that that I, that I was at. Figure out what you're good at, what you like doing, and what makes you money, and try to spend as much time as possible doing that. Well, that all sounds really uh, interesting. Good. Can you be a little bit more specific as to what uh, you're going to implement? Um, you know, like what is your triad of, of awesomeness in the mortgage world? And and on that, do you think that that will be similar, if not carbon copy for the lenders out there? Yeah. So I think um, it's not going to be carbon copy for all lenders. Um, every lender is going to be different, right? Uh, so I So let me give you an example. I have a friend. Uh, she's a loan officer in North Carolina. And she's closing anywhere between like two and four million dollars worth of loans every month. And she gets a hundred percent of her business from TikTok videos. Uh-huh. She goes on TikTok and she makes like four to six TikTok videos every single day. And they are videos that are directed to home buyers, specifically veterans, right? And she'll just go on and be like, hey, here's a myth that you may have been told about a VA loan. It's not true. Here's the truth, right? But she's funny, right? She's clever. She's good at TikTok. I'm not that clever, right? I've tried TikTok. TikTok is not my thing. TikTok is something where you have like 30 seconds to be funny and make somebody laugh and give them some information. And in case you haven't noticed by now, I'm the guy that can take a five-minute story and turn it into a 15-minute monologue. So TikTok is not my venue. <laughs> right? 
But but Ariel, uh, that's her name. She is just killing it on TikTok. And so, you know, what what she is trying to do with her model is figure out, hey, is there any way I can make 10 TikTok videos a day instead of four? Right. Is there any way I can get to 12 TikTok videos a day instead of six? What does she have to do to do that? Right. Loan officers have lots of jobs. We answer emails. We talk to clients. We collect documents. We solve problems on loans. We lock loans. We keep in touch with our database. We schedule meetings with realtors. We meet realtors for coffee. We run findings. We take applications. We do monthly mailers. We do make video marketing. We teach real estate classes. We talk to the processor. We talk to the underwriter. We give status updates. We learn new loan programs. We attend closings. We write thank you notes. We do a lot of things, right? And so if Ariel's thinking about, okay, what do I, what look at this long laundry list of things that I'm doing, what can I take off my plate so that I can do more of the thing that's bringing me business? And guess what? I, like I told you, I'm not a TikTok guy. I tried it. I'm terrible at it. I'm just not that funny. I have friends that are amazing at it. I think this is a great outlet for them. I can't do it. So if I were to be like, hey, I want to I just change my whole business to make TikTok videos, that'd be very dumb of me because that's not my triad, triad of office awesomeness, right? I'm not good at it. I do like it, but it doesn't bring me money. So it only fits one of the three circles. However, there are other things for me that fit into that triad of awesomeness. And there are other things for other loan officers entirely that are going to fit into that triad of awesomeness. So what I like about this program is it's not like a one-size-fits-all approach. It's think about you, right? Like think about you know, all of the loans that I closed last year, where did most of those come from? You know, it was interesting. Like I really truly believed that most of my loans were coming from one source and I had actually um, devoted more resources over the last six months or so into that one source because I thought that that was the best route possible. But when I had to be honest with myself and look at my business, I found it was actually a different place. So it's like, okay, maybe I need to, I need to, you know, change my, my strategy here and put my energy into something else. Huh. Very cool. Yeah. I've, uh, I've done something similar where it's, you know, you, you go through a year and, and you, you almost build up things in your mind. And then later on you've, you know, put pen to paper and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't come from the source that I had thought. Um, you know, or, or the majority of it didn't. I, that's funny. I've been there. Yeah. So, um, so back to what are, what are some things you're going to be implementing, uh, personally? Like what, what are some things that you like doing? Yeah. So things that I like doing, um, my brand is the Dean of Mortgages, right? I was a high school teacher and Dean of students for seven years before I became a mortgage loan officer. Okay. One of the things that I like doing that I am good at and that does bring me money is teaching real estate classes for real estate uh, agents, right? Yep. I, have a, I have several classes that I teach. I have one that's actually um, certified as CE in the states of Indiana and Ohio, right? Um, every time I teach these classes, um, I meet a lot of new realtors. You know, these, these are people that could potentially give me business someday. Um, every time I teach one of these classes, it goes well. I get a lot of gratitude from it. Uh, I enjoy doing it. 
And, you know, there's, there's realtors today that I met at, you know, at these classes that I taught that, you know, they'll, they'll give me, um, you know, eight to 12 loans a year. Right. Um, this is, this is like an excellent source of business for me. Right. Um, and you know, what happened during COVID last year is the whole world reached to a halt and it got harder to, you know, go to real estate offices with large groups of people and teach these classes. I tried a couple on zoom. They just weren't as fun. Um, and you know, I, I, I sat sat back and looked and I only taught two classes last year. I was like, man, how can a guy that calls himself the Dean of Mortgages only teach two classes in an entire year? Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, 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 I'm trying to, I'm trying to like self audit myself. Right. And I'm starting to look at everything I'm doing. I'm like, well, partly because I had, had, you know, decided to focus on other things, but also here's this long laundry list of 20 things that I do that, you know, eight of them are things that take up four or five hours of every single day, especially as my business has grown. And I just haven't had the time. So, you know, I am in the process of thinking about hiring an assistant for me um, that can answer my emails for me that can answer my phone for me, right? How many times, I mean, how many times have you called me and I sent you that text. I will call you right back as soon as I get on the other line. Right? Right. <laughs> We're on the phone constantly. Um, and that's that can be really tough, right? Sometimes it can be one hour, <laughs> two hours before I can get back to somebody. And, you know, for, as, a, as a loan officer, oftentimes that phone call is money, right? And uh, Carl White, you know, was, was telling this story. He's like, if, if, if you're sending people to voicemail all the time, like, I, I get it but you're making it hard for people to give you money, right? So he said, you know, if, if you had somebody, if you hired somebody that was simply able to answer your phone every single time it rung, um, rang, rung? Oh man, here I was <laughs> bragging about good grammar earlier. <laughs> what the uh, correct past tense is. Every time your phone rings, if you have somebody to answer it, how much better will that make your business, right? Um, so, you know, I'm thinking about hiring somebody to help me with my emails, to help me with my phone calls, you know, and, you know, this way it's, it's not, it's, this isn't something that, um, Hey, now I don't ever have to answer emails on phones, but you understand that like a lot of times phone calls will come in, emails will come in that aren't super urgent. They're not super pressing, right? They're just distractions. Um, have you, have you ever heard of the, uh, the Eisenhower matrix? Uh, I have not actually. So, so yeah, so Eisen, the Eisenhower matrix is the idea that there's, there's four categories of life. All right. There are things that are both urgent and important. And then if you go across the, across the line, there are things that are urgent and not important. Right. And if you go down, there are things that are important, but not urgent. And then there are things that are neither urgent nor important. Right. And right. What you'll find is like if, if you if you kind of build your life on the Eisenhower matrix, you want to spend as much time as possible doing the things that are both urgent and important first in your day, right? And what you'll find is like like a lot of emails and text messages are urgent but not important, right? And right. Uh, we can we if we can figure out a way to address those without taking time away from what is really making me money, what I like to do, what I'm good at, 
you know, that's what we can do. Um, you know, another thing that, um, that, that brings me personally a good amount of business is meeting with real estate agents, right? Meeting them face-to-face, meeting them for coffee, figuring out um, what type of business they do, if I'm a match for that, if there's any way I can help them, you know, grow their business, right? Um, well, how do I meet these people? Well, we got to make phone calls. Well, sometimes I don't have time to make as many phone calls to these people as I would like. But if I can get an assistant who can try to start scheduling some of these appointments for me, that's going to take a huge load off of my plate so that, you know, I can spend more time actually meeting the agents, you know, if if, if this assistant is able to schedule the meetings for me, right? Um, you know, another thing is uh, I do have, I have loan partners that help me with files that I already have under contract. This is something that I implemented about a year ago that greatly helped me because because I think what you'll find, I think this is something that both real estate agents and lenders can um, empathize with. What often happens is that you'll get a lot of business like maybe at once, right? Like you might have four or five or six transactions going at once. And if you're not careful, you will spend all of your time making sure that those four or five or six transactions close, right? Because that's the most important thing. We got people that could be homeless if we don't, right? And so you'll spend yeah. all of your time for the next month making sure that these loans close. And what happens is like you'll have the best month of your year and you close six, you help six people buy homes or sell homes. It was awesome. And you get this enormous paycheck and you feel good about yourself. And then you look at your pipeline for the next month and you go, uh-oh. I've yep. been spending all of my time making sure I'm going to close this, but I haven't spent any time going out to get new business. And July was awesome. Right. But August is looking really lean, right? So, you know, that's something else that, that I, I was able to implement about a year ago that has helped me kind of get away from the from the ebbs and flows, you know, the 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 roller coaster ride that you often get in this industry. Um, but that's something that I'm specifically looking to do. Uh, hire somebody to help me, you know, set up some appointments for me, take control of my schedule, take control of, you know, a lot of my emails and answer the phones for me so that I can double down and spend a lot more time teaching classes and, you know, rubbing shoulders with with agents face to face because that's really when I audited myself, those are the two things that brought me more business last year and the year before than anything else. That's uh that's really good and exciting. I think um I actually, I actually took something away from that one, one, one thing though, that I would like two things actually that I would like to bring up. So one first part is that you, you said that you like crafting emails and that you're, uh, you know, that that's what you like to do and that you have a lot of them. Yeah. So that is, uh, something that I found as well as something, you know, is very good for your business, but could be better than, I'm not very good at spelling, so I uh, I don't really like going through and, and maybe having all the grammar issues that that you wouldn't have, but I do have. <laughs> so I found a solution that uh, not only takes care of that problem, but also gets me up from the email of the you know one millionth later as far as face to face being better, and right. we do video emails, mm. so I can click a quick video. And it's really super personalized and it takes probably the same, maybe even a little less time, mm-hmm. 
than what you spend on crafting your email. And then it, it pops me up from millionth place to second. Yeah. Um, kind of like a, a tag on that. But one, one thing that I wanted to say that would, I would be personally struggling with on implementing those things that you're mentioning. And I'm, I'm in the same situation. Like you, you haven't said anything that's, uh, strange to me when I get calls. I mean, just last week, someone called me, um, from, we'll just say Mr. Smith's office. And (laughs) when I get a call and it's, hi, I'm Susie calling from Mr. Smith's office. Mr. Smith would like to set a time with you to have coffee. I immediately am turned off and I'm like, okay, uh, well, I'm not really interested in talking to Mr. Smith. Then, if he can't personally take the time to call me, I don't really need to take any of my time to go meet with him for coffee. And so I think that that would be, uh, one thing that I would critique if I was going to, to go that route is I would have had something like, um, I'm with Mr. Smith's office I'm the um, outreach coordinator or I'm, I'm the talent acquisition and I would like to meet with you for coffee. Is that, uh, you know, a good thing? And then, so then it's, it's like that is that person's job is to come and get talent. Not that person's job is to make all the phone calls and then somebody swoops in for the business. You know, I like that personally has, uh, rub me wrong mm-hmm. just ever since I've gotten into business. I, I remember literally going to a closing where this guy, I knew he did like 20 million a year and he showed up to closing and, and actually like shook hands and was like, hi, nice to meet you. And I was like, really? Like I, I did what you said. You know, I made sure that that person like through every single step was taken care of. And then he just shows up for closing. Nice to meet you. I had never talked with him throughout the entire process. It was always the assistant. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's something, you know, I might be an oddball, but I, I, I don't think so. Um, when you do hire someone to make those phone calls for you, I would make sure that that is how they address themselves. Um, and then on the flip side, when you have a receiving phone call, um, you're going to want to make sure that whoever calls in still feels like um, it's not a call center, Absolutely. right? Uh, because I've called those people before and you're like, well, is, is my message even really going to get to them? Um, because, you know, maybe their grammar isn't great or maybe they just, <laughs> they just don't have the presence of, you know, it's the, it's the JV team, you know, they, they want to speak with the varsity team, not the JV team. And, um, so that would be my only thing. And, and a part of that is, you know, let it go, right? Like, like part of somebody might say, well, you're just, you know, a control freak and you've got to have your hands in too many things, maybe a micromanager or something like that. But those are just little things that I, I noticed that until I could get something that would be, um, it would fit into to those kind of cr- categories that would, I would, that would hold me back. Sure. Yeah, so you, you, I think you've made some. I've, you've made two really good points here that I, I kind of want to um, agree with, but also respond to. Okay, uh-huh. the first thing I would say is um, everybody's different, and you know, if 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 I meet with a hundred people, right? If I meet with a hundred people that I'm trying to make a sale to, 
Yeah. 25 of them are never going to buy what I'm selling no matter what, because something about me is going to rub them the wrong way. Right. And then another 25 of them are probably going to buy whatever I'm selling no matter what, because they like me. Right. They yeah. like me yeah. and I have something for them. And then there's a group of 50 that like can go either way. Right. Depending on their mood, depending on um, how well I present myself that day, how well I sell that day. You know, it could kind of go either way in, in, in that middle group of people. I think it's important to understand, like just like in general, we should probably try to spend our time trying to get to that 25 that like us as opposed to trying to necessarily sell the 50 that could go either way or convince the 25 that don't like us that they should like us. Right. So to say that what I, what I believe is there are going to be other people just like you that are turned off by receiving a phone call from an assistant. I, I totally understand that. And I agree with it. Let me tell you this though. Right. I have a dentist appointment tomorrow with Dr. Fiorito in Menor, Ohio. Um, Yesterday, uh, my wife came in and she said, hey, Dr. Fiorito called uh, just to remind that your appointment is tomorrow at um, 1030. I said, "Okay, cool. And then I thought about it. I'm like, did he really call? (laughs) Really? I said, I, I said to myself, Dr. Fiorito has like four offices here. He's a busy man. You know, every time I go into the dentist, I talk to him for like two minutes at the very end of the thing. After I've talked with an assistant, after one of his dental hygienists has cleaned me, after somebody else gave me an x-ray. And then at the very, very end, he comes in and he reviews the x-rays for like 30 seconds and says, yep, everything's good here. Or he says, nope, uh, there's a problem here. We got to fix your teeth. Right. And I leave Every six months, I leave and I say, wow, Dr. Fiorito was awesome when I spoke to him for like a minute at the end, right? And I actually, I asked my wife, I was like, Dr. Fiorito called you? She said, yeah, he called. Your appointment's at, you know, 1030 on Friday. I said, Dr. Fiorito called. Yes, Dr. Fiorito called. <laughs> I said, Anna, did Dr. Fiorito, the owner of these four clinics, actually talk to you on the phone? She said, oh, no, it was his assistant. I don't remember her name. And it was like, okay, well, you know, (laughs) that explains a lot, right? And so there are people just like you that will be turned off by getting a phone call from an assistant. And there are other people that they will receive that phone call and just assume that I've given them a call, right? And so I think it's important to understand like when we're doing sales, we're going to have a lot of losses, right? I'm going to sell my product to 100 people and 75 are probably going to say no right? They just are. It is what it is. But when I find those 25 that will say yes, you know, that's, 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 that's when it, you know, that's when it works well. The other thing I would say um, is, yes, this idea of letting go. Um, I am also a micromanager and I want to control everything about my process for a couple of reasons. First of all, I'm just, sort of OCD, right? So like, that's just like something I, I, I don't like letting go in general. But other times, like it, it's, it's this very real and possibly truthful idea that, well, 
if somebody else does this instead of me, they will do it worse than me, right? I think this is a fear that all of us have. Yeah. Um, and so I think the, the key here is not simply uh, getting someone else to do the things you dislike doing, right? Um, there, was a, there, was an old, there was an old sales book called Eat a Frog, right? And uh, this guy liked to say uh, that the things that you disliked doing at work, those were your frogs. So every single day, he would start his workday by eating a frog, by doing his least favorite thing, because his rationale was, um, if I've eaten that frog, nothing else today is going to seem as bad, right? If I eat that frog first thing in the morning, then everything else will be fine. Um, the point here is not to just like get an assistant to eat your frogs. If that's all you're doing, you're not going to get yourself more business. You'll probably lose yourself business because again, who can do what, what you need to do better than you, right? Probably no one. Um, right. You're also going to spend money on an assistant that, you know, yeah, sure. Maybe your life is easier now. I don't have to eat any more frogs, but the whole point is hire them to help you with your frogs so that you can take that time that you had spent previously on eating frogs and put it into things you're good at, like doing and bring you money. So the idea is, let's say, um, let's say as a real estate agent, let's say that, um, making TikTok videos like my friend Ariel is the single thing that makes you the most money. And right now you're spending five hours a week on TikTok videos and 55 hours a week on everything else. If you could get an assistant to help you, this is hilarious. Uh, Henry Fiorito is calling me right now. I guarantee you, he's not actually calling me. He's calling me again. This is amazing. If you were watching this on TV, you'd see me holding the phone up. Um, so uh, the point is, if you're spending 20 hours of your work week doing other things that aren't bringing you money, and you were able to hire somebody to do that 20 hours, and now all of a sudden, you went from five hours of TikTok videos to 25 hours of TikTok videos a week. Would that make you more money? Let's pretend as well that when this assistant takes over those 20 hours, they do some things works worse and they might even lose you some business doing that. Would it still be better for you to go from five hours of TikTok videos to 25 hours of TikTok video? Would the, would the end result still be positive? And the idea is usually it would be. Now, if I just hire somebody to do that 20 hours so that I only have to work 35 hours a week, I'm not going to make myself any more money, any more business. I'm probably going to lose some business because now I'm outsourcing things. But if I can take that newly found time and turn that into things I'm good at, like doing and making money, that is the key to um, this, this whole sort of model. I love it. I really think that uh, that's been an encouragement and uh, definitely a... Um, definitely an eye opener for some things that I want to personally start to look at implementing in my business. Um, so thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Um, so where do you think that you're going to get your assistant? Are you able to pull from someone that you currently have working with you or, uh, like in your, in your 
organization? Do you think you'll have to hire somebody uh, that you know locally? Or do you think that you might do what, you know, the VA, the virtual assistant thing where you oh. pay somebody uh, in a different country? Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, I have looked into the VA. Um, and the nice thing about there's there's a couple nice things about that. Um, one, you know, you can find someone in the Philippines that really, really wants this job and you can pay them much less money than you would pay someone here in America. And it's still an awesome living for them. Right. So from like a, from a, a purely business standpoint, you can save yourself some money and also provide a great living to someone else that wants it. You know, there's a lot of times these, vir these virtual assistants have like five, six, 10 years of experience and it's a great living for them. And this is a career that they're trying to make it can help both of you out. I've looked into that. Um, I don't think I'm going to go that route for a couple reasons. My personal brand, my personal brand that I'm trying to build that um, I think has, has, has done well for me is more personal than that. So I'm actually looking for a, like a, a physical, like an actual person assistant that lives here um, in my area that can, you know, really kind of be like my co-pilot on a lot of things, you know, someone that may go to these meetings with me, right? So that, you know, so that we can kind of present ourselves together as like, this is the Dean of Mortgages team. It's not, I, what I'm not trying to do is build this structure where I'm like the head, I'm the, the face on the billboard, and I wind up having 40 people that are doing all of the work, right? I, that is not necessarily what I'm going for, right? I'm looking for someone that's more of a partner so that when they call me or they call my assistant, it's like they're talking to me. I don't want to build a team of 30 people where every time you call the Dean of Mortgages, you talk to someone else and you never know who you're speaking to, right? So for yeah. me, that's going to cost me a lot more money than a, than a VA. Um, and again, a lot of people do the VA route. And um, I think it's a, it's a fine route for, for certain types of business models. It's not my business model. So I'm looking for someone that is going to be, you know, more of a... Um, more of like a, I almost even hate the assistant title. I would almost like call them like a, my office manager. Like they're managing my schedule. They're managing my closings. They're managing a lot of things for me and with me. So I'm, I'm almost looking for more of like a teammate as opposed to um, a subordinate, if that makes sense. Sure. Sure. So have you thought about compensation? Like, how do you feel that you will sell that to whoever you're looking to hire? Are you, are you looking to say, Hey, I'm going to bring you on and I look to, to do like a percentage of whatever you bring in or whatever I bring in, because you're going to be a partner, you'll get yeah. X percentage or an hourly. Like how are you going to make that person, uh, that individual feel as a partner, as you just said that you're, you know, looking to have and yeah. not feel like an assistant? Great question. So my, I'm still working through a lot of this, right? I just got back from the conference on Saturday. So I've thought about this for you like- You don't have it figured out? <laughs> yeah, I've, <laughs> I've thought about it for a total of, you know, five days now. Um, I think <laughs> what I'm planning on doing is I'm planning on uh, giving this person a salary to start off with, you know, a salary with full benefits, you know, health, 
dental, uh, vacation, you know, those things. I want them to like, uh, it's a real salary position. I'm also going to give bonuses for um, different metrics that they hit since it's going to be a salary position and they're going to be working from home a lot. Um, it's someone that needs to be, um, you know, that, that, that needs to be driven, needs to be motivated. And I, and I like the idea of giving incentives, right? So if, if, if uh, you talk to a friend that's looking to buy a house and you convince them to come with us, I'm going to give you a, a, a pretty large bonus for bringing that loan in, you know? Um, and so I, what I want to do is I want to start out with a salary, but my goal is if, if I can bring this assistant in um, and they can really truly take over those 20, 25 hours a week of things that are not bringing me business, which will enable me to spend that 20 hours on things that will bring me business. Um, I could potentially grow my business very quickly. And I want them to know that they are going to be a crucial part of it. And um, it, I would not have been able to do it without them. So I'm going to let them know like in the interviewing process, like, hey, we're going to start you out in a salary. And I think the salary is pretty fair, but we can revisit this in three months, in six months, in a year. If you have brought this much value to me, I don't think it's fair for me to just like be exploiting you. And I want to give you the opportunity at that point in time to say, hey, instead of taking a salary, let me take a percentage of all your loans that I'm helping to bring in just like you, right? And at that point, it would, it would of course, be potentially far more lucrative to take that route as opposed to just taking, taking a salary because I want them, I really want them to understand it's us together. And if she or he, you know, can, you know, start benefiting, you know, start, you know, earning earning money off of the loans that we are bringing in together. I think that will only further incentivize them, um, you know, to, to work hard with me, um, to stay loyal to me. Um, and, and I think that's the best way to kind of grow um, organically and not too quickly, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So, and my follow-up to that would be, uh, do you, do you see yourself giving that person, even if they like, let's just say they knock it out of the park and they, they double, you know, your business. Mm -hmm. uh, do you really feel that in six months you would bring them on as sort of a partner or do you feel that, uh, you know, you, it's taken you six years to build this brand and they've got to put in, you know, even if they have like one really, really great year, you would want to put them through sort of like the, you know, the, the testing, you know, and, and, and really work through some of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I would, I think I want to say that my desire would be to fairly um, compensate them. And I, that sure. sounds like a, a cop out, but you know, like just to use, like just to use, let's just use made up numbers, right? If somebody brings me in an additional, let's just say they bring in me, bring me in an additional hundred thousand dollars of income. Uh huh. I don't think I need to give that entire additional hundred grand to them, right? Sure. But I do think it would be wrong if I was at that point paying them minimum wage, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I, I think that's the quickest way to 
to kind of alienate that person, to create spite and bitterness in that person, and to put yourself in a position where you're going to have to hire someone new pretty quickly, right? Yeah. So what is fair? You know, on the one hand, I am giving this person a job. I am paying this person a fair amount of money before they might even bring me in one additional loan, right? So there's a lot of risk on my side to start out with. So I think it's I think it's it's fair to say, okay, well, John, it wants to wait until this is really gangbusters worth it before he, you know, gives them a substantial raise. But, you know, in that in that um, hypothetical, if after a year they brought me in an additional hundred thousand dollars, I think that after a year, I need to be compensating them more than minimum wage or whatever you know you're, you're planning on on paying that person. So that's yeah. a fair compensation, and I think you know ideally. I want th- this person is going to be my teammate. They're going to know how much you know business we're bringing in, and how much I, she's going to know. He's going to know how much money I'm making. So I, I want to be you know want to be transparent you know about that. Here's the loans that we brought in. Here's what we got paid on these loans. Here's what you personally added to the branch. That's why you're so awesome. Let's try to get you paid as fairly as possible. I like it. Uh, I like it, and also. Uh, it, it kind of talks to making them sort of put in a little bit of time, right? Like not only are you risking right up front, all of the, the, the money and, and like you said, benefits and all of that, but you've spent a while creating your brand. So if they come in and they do a really good job, it's highly likely that it's because, uh, you are a trusted source, right? That people on the other end are doing business with with the new person because you're the trusted source. You're right. So, um, cool. Well, uh, I think that's about all the time we have today. So what are your, uh, I mean, it's, this has been a extremely positive and uplifting conversation from the get go, but what, uh, what are your positive thoughts for us this week, John? Yeah. So one thing we learned from the conference, um, that I think goes along with this is, um, is to try to think through things. If, if you're planning on making any sort of change, if you're trying, you know, if, if you're training, planning on trying to do any of the things that we that we talked about today, be strategic, not tactical. All right, be strategic, not tactical. Being strategic is looking at the big picture and trying to pinpoint what one or two things fit into your triad of awesomeness and doing whatever it takes to get to that. The tactics is all of the little things that it's going to take to get there, right? Don't get bogged down into those little things. Try to think about what's the big picture thing that I'm trying to accomplish. Think about that big picture goal that you have and get there as fast as possible with your business. Wow. That was awesome. Thanks, John. I really appreciate your, uh, your insight today, as always, it's uh, it's a pleasure to speak with you and and uh, you know just learn a lot. Sounds good. Thank you very much, sir. It was a pleasure. All right. See you next week. Yep. Bye.